you guys can have a seat. We're going to open up God's Word together um, and spend some time reading, studying, and hopefully learning a little bit of His truth. Um, I want to share a couple of stories with you as we get started tonight. Ellie, can I have one of your music stands? Thank you all. See that sharing? Look at that. I love it. Love it. Beautiful thing. So I went to lunch today um, at Chipotle. Does anybody here like Chipotle? I love that place. Big old thing, uh, guacamole and some of those chips. I like the steak. It's just, sorry, made myself hungry up here. Anyway, um, and as I was going in, there was a guy sitting outside of Chipotle um, up on 1960. He was obviously homeless. He was obviously hungry. Uh, he was obviously alone, and there was nobody sitting there with him. And I was early. The guy that I was meeting was late. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for me just to get to know somebody for a few minutes. So I was able to sit down and start to talk with the guy a little bit. And just hear about his life, hear about what got him where he was. Um, and then was able to press pause and ask him about Jesus. I was able to press pause and ask him what his relationship with God was like. Right? Where's God in, in the midst of what's going on in your heart, in your life right now? And, and was very, very excited to hear that he did have a relationship with Christ. Right? And we were able to talk about what that was like and the point of his life when he came to, to know Christ. And so we were able to see and hear that, that listen, he, he knew Jesus, but not everybody that we ever asked that question to knows Christ, right? Raise your hand if you know someone that does not know Jesus. Okay, another question. You can put your hands down. <clears throat> if you don't tell them, how are they going to find out? Right? Maybe you'll tweet something or you'll post a picture and they'll, that's it. And they'll lock into it. No, but seriously, if, if, if we as the church... Don't do what God's told us to do and share the hope that is within us, share the love that is within us, share Jesus with the world around us. How is the world around us going to know about Jesus? I was on an airplane um, a couple years ago, and this story just, just sticks with me. Uh, this guy gets on the plane, the last guy on the plane, and comes and sits down. I was the last open seat. It was a Southwest flight where people could sort of sit wherever they wanted a seat, and he picked the seat right next to me. I thought I had a break, uh, but I didn't. Um, this big guy came and, and just popped in next to me, and we began to talk, and, and I had my Bible out. I was reading and, and looking at some different things or whatever, and he said, all right, here's the deal, man. I, I know a lot of people that have gone to church. I know a lot of people that said they're Christians, but can you just explain this book to me? I said, what book? And he said, just explain the Bible. I, what is it? I, there's all these different things in it. You can open it up to all these different parts and read some really weird stuff. Um, and, and you can. One of my favorite stories is when the bears come down and attack the boys for making fun of God's prophet, right? But if you open it up and you read that, you're like, what in the world is going on here? And that's his whole life, right? He's tried, but nobody stopped and explained it to him. All right, so for the next two hours on the plane, I, I just picked up the Bible and I explained the story of the Bible. Right, I explained the Bible and how the Bible, is, it, it shows how much God loves us and it shows us how we can step into that relationship with God, right? And before the plane landed, he said, I, I'm in, I got it, right? It was uh, cool, on the plane, right, as, as we're flying to Las Vegas of all places, he prays to receive Christ, right? Total heart transformation right there and, and we landed and I was in the, the little, like, uh, what is that place called right before you get on the plane? The, the seating area? I don't know. Off of the plane, where you, at the gate. I was at the gate area. And he's sitting there, and we're together. And he's in his late 20s, early 30s. 
and he's calling his parents, right, just weeping, telling them that, you know, the decision that he's made, and he's calling different family members and that kind of thing, telling them what God has done in his life. And there are people that have been praying for him for, for a long, long time, but nobody really sat down and explained to him what Jesus is all about, what God's word is all about. And here's the deal, right? You might hear some of these things again on Sunday, but 2 3% of people that would call themselves followers of Jesus or Christians will ever end their life, share the gospel with somebody, and see them also become a follower of Jesus, right? Very few of us will step out and do that. And I don't necessarily think it's because we're, we're scared. You guys aren't scared. <laughs> you guys will step up and say anything to anybody. I, I don't think that that's it. What I think is the problem a lot of times with believers is we don't know how, right? We don't know the words to say. And we're wondering, well, what if they ask me this? I don't have the answer to that. What if they ask me that? I don't have the answer to that. And, and we're, we're in this, you know, maybe this state where we let our lack of information keep us from doing what we're called to do. Right, so for the next four Wednesday nights, they're going to look very different each week, by the way. So don't expect the same thing next week. It's going to be a very different thing. But we're going to walk through how you would share the gospel with somebody. Right, how you would point someone to Jesus. How if someone came up to you on the street and said, hey, you know what, Max? I know you go to Champion Forest. You just got back from Israel, right? You're so into this Jesus thing that you went to Israel and walked around that whole country to see and to hear and to know and to learn more about Jesus. I want to become a Christian. What, what needs to happen in my life? Explain this to me. How, how can I do it? Our goal is that every person in this room will be able to say, here, let me open up God's Word with you and show you what God's Word has to say about that, right? That's where we want you guys to get to. So Barcelo Coxon, this, there we go. So what we're hoping to do is for everybody to get to that place, right, where we're able to go and, and do that, right? So we put on your sheet or on your seats this little sheet. Um, our church is, has got this thing that we do on Sunday nights now. It's called Life on Mission. Here's the outline for it, right? I love this because if you don't have this with you, raise your hand if you can draw three circles. Raise your hand if you can draw three arrows. We can all do this, right? It, it doesn't matter. You got this. You can do it. It doesn't matter, Right? It doesn't matter where you are or who you're with, you can duplicate this and you can give somebody a really cool picture of um, what it means to follow Jesus. Right? It's very, very conversational. So look up here. What do I got? Geniuses, all of you. Okay, I'm going to walk you through the story of the Bible in just a couple of minutes. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth right? So we know that story, right? We, we know what's going on there. Think about how big that is, right? There was nothing, and God made everything, right? And the pinnacle of creation was people, right? He created people different than he created everything else, right? He spoke everything else into his existence. How did he make people? With his hands. He formed us, and then he breathed his life into us, at the very beginning, who were those first two people? Adam and Eve. Where did he put Adam and Eve? In the garden. Describe the Garden of Eden in one word. Big. Perfect. Big. That's probably big too, yeah. Perfect. Right? It's paradise. God created people, everything. God created people, and he put them in the Garden of Eden. He created them in paradise, right? It was absolutely 
perfect, right? God's design is perfect. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So that circle that says God's design, if you've got a pen, just write. Genesis 1, 31, right there. God saw all that he had made and saw that it was very good. God's design is perfect. In God's design, everything lived in harmony. In God's design, there was no sickness. There was no death. There was no fear. There was no hurting. There was no suffering. There was no pain. It was absolutely perfect in the beginning, right? So you guys know the story. Look up here, all right? I want you to help me tell the story. You guys know the story. What I'm trying to do is show you that you know the story. You can share this story with people. This is the story of the Bible, very beginning, it was perfect. Okay? Flip the page. Page two of the Bible. Adam and Eve did something. What did Adam and Eve do? They sinned. Right? They did what God told them not to do. They ate from the tree that God told them not to eat from. And so in that moment, sin comes into the world. Right on that top arrow, as it's sort of flying across, you can write sin. Right? It's when we ignore, when we do what God has told us not to to do or when we don't do what God has told us to do, when we go against the will of God in favor of ourselves, when we are selfish and do what we want and not what God's called us to. And here's the deal. Adam and Eve sinned right there, page two of the Bible, at the very, very beginning. Remember, I'm telling the story of the Bible right now. That's what we're doing. I'm telling you the story of the Bible. Adam and Eve sinned, right? Who else has sinned? Me. All right. Everybody raise your hand. We're all in this together, right? All of us, right? Not all in this together like the happy song, but all in this together, right, in sin. Romans 3.23 says what? All have and fallen short of the glory of God, right? You, you know the story. You know the story of the Bible. Look up, Everybody look up here. You're telling me the story of the Bible. Perfection then ruined by sin, right? Perfection ruined by sin. God's design polluted, corrupted, perverted by sin, by people choosing their will, their way, their wants over God's ultimate right commands for us. So that happens. What happens next? Do people continue to sin? Yeah. So here's the deal. Look up here. Look up here. Everything was perfect. Adam and Eve sinned. Their punishment was they were removed from the garden. Okay, they're, they're removed from the presence of God. They're removed from paradise. They're removed from a perfect world. And now they live in a broken world, right? They live in, in a time and a place of, of brokenness. That's the next little circle. You can write the squiggly lines on there if you want to. But, but ultimately, it's brokenness. And we see that playing out in God's Word right after, right? Right after Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. What happens to Cain and Abel? A brother kills his brother, right? And then we get to, to Noah, where Noah has to build the ark because God is so frustrated with creation. And God looks and sees the wickedness of man has gotten to such a huge level that the flood has to come and, and wipe out the people on earth. So, so the world was broken back then in Genesis. Would y'all look around the world today and say the world's broken? Yeah. Yeah, man, if you watch the news, you know the world is broken. If you walk down the halls in your school, you know the world is broken. If you get online and click around a little bit, you know that the world is broken, right? Things aren't how they should be. And everybody look up here. Hey, do me a favor. Don't talk to people next to you, right? Talk to me. Let's tell, I want you to help me tell the story of the Bible. This is page two of the Bible. We step into 
this brokenness. And here's the cool thing, right? And this is when that guy on the plane asked me, he's like, what are all these stories, right? The Bible's a thousand different stories. And I politely corrected him. I said, no, no, no. The Bible's one story, right? It's one story, right? There's a lot of different things that come together to make one story, all pointing us forward to Jesus, right? All pointing us forward to Jesus. There's this perfect design that's broken by sin. So now we're in this state of brokenness. God's plan, right? God's design from before the beginning of time to bring us back into the relationship with him was Jesus, right? It's Jesus. We just celebrated Easter, right? The resurrection from the dead. We celebrated how Jesus died on the cross for my sins and for yours, right? How he beat death, rose from the dead so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. That was God's ultimate plan to bring us back into a relationship with him. And the Bible, right, the Bible, every book, every part of the Bible points us forward to when that will happen. We see that in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, look up here. In Genesis chapter 3, right after Adam and Eve sinned, right after when God gets back in the mix of it, he talks about how God is going to send someone to crush the head of the serpent, right? He's pointing forward to Jesus right there. In Genesis chapter 12, what do we see? We see a promise from, to, from God to Abraham how God is going to bless the nations of the world through the descendants of Abraham. He's pointing forward to Jesus. In Genesis 15, we see promises of Jesus. In the book of Exodus, we see how God miraculously made a way to free his people and to preserve the life of his people to continue to make a way for Jesus. In Leviticus, we see how God purified his people and kept them holy so that the line from Abraham to Jesus would be uncorrupted, right? In Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges, we see how God moved his people into the promised land, the land that God promised them ultimately that the Messiah would come through. Seriously, we can do this every single book of the Bible and see how it points forward to Jesus and how it paves the way to Jesus. This is the story of the Bible, and then we get into the New Testament. We get into the Gospels. Right in the beginning of, of the Gospels, who's born? Who's born? Jesus. Jesus. Right? Jesus is born at the beginning of the Gospels, and it's not a random thing. It is the absolute most perfect point in history. There's a common language, right? There's a common currency in most of the world. There's roads that make it safe for people to go around the world. Also roads that would make it safe for missionaries and people that are going to tell people about Jesus to go around the world. So the absolute most perfect time in history, who steps in? Jesus. We know the story of his life, how Jesus lived a perfect life. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the, that he gave his, that whosoever shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, God did not promise Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 16, right? The whole Bible is leading us to this incredible point, right, where Jesus would be born. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrated his love for us in this, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, all right, look up here. We talked about a lot of things. Let's go back to the original discussion. We're telling you the story of the Bible. The beginning, God created Adam and Eve, put them in the Garden of Eden, and that relationship was perfect. God's absolute most perfect design. Adam and Eve sinned, which led to, what's your next circle? 
brokenness. God's plan to fix the brokenness is who? Jesus. Why do we say gospel in that circle? What does gospel mean? Good news, right? Why is it good news? Because Jesus can save us from the brokenness of sin in this world, right? Everybody look up here. God's perfect design, sin led to brokenness. His plan is the gospel, right, to, to repair it. How do, how do we step into that? What, what happens? What's our path into that? Just knowing the good news, just hearing the good news isn't enough, right? Those of you that ever did faith, one of the phrases in faith that I really, really love is that salvation is available, but it's not automatic, right? Every person that's ever walked on earth does not receive the forgiveness of Christ, right? It takes a relationship with him, right? We've got to repent, turn from our sins, and turn to Jesus, right? God does a miraculous work in our heart to draw us into a relationship with him. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, listen to this. How can you share this with somebody if you don't know? Write this down, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. You will be saved. You believe in, you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So, perfect design. This is the story of the Bible. Look up here. Perfect design. Perfect design. Sin leads us to a place of brokenness, right? When we understand that, when we grasp that, when we realize this brokenness that we live in, right, at some point, we're going to try to fix the brokenness in our lives. Listen to this. Everybody look up here. I'm sure that you can look around at people in your life that are trying to fix the brokenness inside them right, that are trying to fix it, right, that are hurting, and they're doing everything they can to numb that pain or to heal that hurt. And you probably know a lot of people that are looking in a lot of the wrong places to fix that, right? You probably know people that are looking into relationships. You probably know people that are looking into the drugs or alcohol. You probably know people that are looking into stuff and comfort and material possessions and security. And you're looking, people are looking at all these things to fix the brokenness inside. And guess what? It's never enough, right? Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Death, destruction. It's not our way, it's, it's God's way, okay? Absolutely perfect. Sin leads to a place of brokenness, and when we realize that there's nothing that we can do to crawl out of that brokenness, in our desperation, when we realize that we have nothing else to offer, when we trust in Jesus, when we repent of our sins and turn to him and believe in the gospel, right, our relationship with God is restored, right? And you and I are back in that perfect relationship with God that Adam and Eve started in in the very beginning. The Bible teaches something really cool, and, and I hope that you know this, but, but there might even be believers in the room that don't know this. Here's the cool thing, right? I'm, I'm a sinner, Right, I, I have done things that have separated me from God. But when I was 13 years old, I, I realized that I was broken. I realized that my sin had separated me from God. God does this miraculous work, and my heart draws me to himself. I repent of my sins, and I trust in him. 
I'm in this relationship with God now, and now when God looks at me, you know what he sees? What does he see? He sees Christ. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus took my sin on the cross, right, has covered me with his righteousness, and now I'm in this relationship with God again, and I can have intimacy with God, and I can have fellowship with God, and I can know God, and I can have the fullness of, of joy and purpose and everything that comes in that relationship with God. I can have that, right? I can have it right here, right now, John 10, 10. I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I, I can have that right now, but guess what? And I've got that promise of eternity, right? It's not just a right here, right now thing. It's a forever thing, right? I, I know, I'm confident that I'll be in heaven with God for eternity. So that relationship that I stepped into with Jesus when I was 13 years old, 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, I've been able to walk with Jesus, okay? And here's the deal, right? Nothing will ever remove me from that relationship. It is an eternal thing, right? That's the story of the Bible, right? And, and then that last little area that goes back to God's design, it's, it's recover and pursue, right? So when we step into that relationship with Christ, that's not the end. We haven't checked a box and then we, we just walk away. Now we spend our lives growing in that relationship with Jesus. We spend our lives learning and knowing more about God and more about the purposes of God for our life and living out the purposes of God in our life and giving Him glory with our life. And as we do that, we grow more and more and more like Him each and every day. Right? Our theme for this year at the beginning of Promotion Sunday time was one step closer. And every single day, we should be growing one step closer in our relationship with Christ. So those three circles, right? Look at it. Just put, put it in front of you real quick. Get your eyes on it. Those three circles, I mean, that's the story of the Bible, right? Those three circles walk us through the Bible, right? Everything in the Bible flows to and points to these three circles. God's perfect design that we were created and made for, how sin messed that up and led us to a place of brokenness, and how the, the, the way out of that brokenness and the way to hope is to repent and turn away from ourselves and to turn to the good news, the gospel of Jesus for salvation. And when we do that, right, we begin to grow in our love relationship with him, right? Listen, get, get it in front of you, look down at it. You can do that. Right, you can do that. If you, right, if you're a believer in Christ, if there was a time in your life where, where these circles and these arrows became a reality for you, this is personal to you. <clears throat> Look up here. It's not just me saying something. This, this is your story. Right? This, this is who you are. This is what, what God has done in you. It's not just me talking to you. It's not just circles and arrows on a page. This is the story of your heart. This is the story of your life. You can share that with people. Right? You can give people the hope that, that you have in Jesus. I've said you can several times. Let me change that. <clears throat> You're commanded to share that with people. <coughs> You're commanded to share that with people. Right? God expects us to share that with people. God expects us 
to step into dark places in the world. God expects us to step into broken places in the world. God expects us to intercept, to connect with people that are still living in that brokenness and point them to the only place where they're going to find peace, and that is in Jesus Christ. We hope that you've enjoyed the message today and that it will be a source of encouragement to you this week. At Champion Forest Baptist Church, we desire to help people make sense out of life through Christ-centered living. And that's because with Christ, we have hope and true satisfaction. The Bible clearly states that all men have offended God by worshiping things He created instead of Him. We have chosen to reject His authority in our life and look for satisfaction in things He created instead of Him, which is ultimately pointless given that He is truly the only thing that can satisfy us completely. He is the perfection of everything we seek. The problem is, though, that once we have sinned against Him by turning to these other things, a gap is created between us, not allowing us to access Him anymore to find this satisfaction. God's character demands that our rebellion be accounted for before He forgives us. And this is the beauty of the message of Jesus. Christ is perfect in every way. He never rebelled against God, and He took upon our punishment on Himself so that we could be reconciled to God and be fully satisfied in Him, gaining eternal life. We need Jesus because without Him we are without hope, both in this life and for eternity. Turn to Christ alone for forgiveness and find satisfaction fully in our great God. Once again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon.